0: First things first, um, it's been said in, not just in, in Christian circles, but in, in the secular world very much, that uh, the words of Jesus contained in what we often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount are among of the finest human teaching the world has ever seen. So we're going to uh, listen to some of that of those words right now.
1: Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy... And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, good your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? No one can ever serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well.
0: Thank you very much, Lee. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. Now, life is often complicated. Sometimes we make it more complicated than it ought to be. But every day life throws challenges at us. And sometimes they can cause us stress and anxiety if we let them to do so. But it shouldn't be that way, should it? This verse in particular is, in my view, the key to getting our priorities straight. And when we do so, then everything else begins to fall into place. And we can enjoy that abundant, fulfilled and purposeful life that God intends for us without feeling driven without being tossed this way and that, pulled hither and thither by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I find this, I have no idea who Pandian is, but I thought this was a great quote. Prioritising does not mean putting things first, it's putting first things first. And what a challenge that is sometimes. Life is a lot about Priorities. And this verse that we've just looked at tells us that our first priority should be seeking the kingdom of God. The New Testament is absolutely full of references to the kingdom of God. I've just thrown a few of them up there on the screen. I'm not going to read through them all. Um, But Jesus talked about it constantly. The Gospels tell us he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He told his disciples to go out and do the same. Uh, the other New Testament books, the epistles, various apostles' writings, book of Revelation, they're all full of references to the kingdom of God. And uh, most of them seem to be in, in an active sense in that they involve doing things as you go preach this message, the kingdom is in heaven. Um, an important one there about this uh, merchant looking for pearls And he finds one of great price. How do we get there? And he sells everything he has to buy this, this great valued pearl. Because the kingdom of heaven is very much about what we value, what we treasure, what's important to us. As we heard in that reading, Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there is your heart also i said there's quite a lot of these references are about to doing things. But the kingdom, seeking the kingdom, is not just about being busy. It's not just about doing things. We are human beings, not human doings. And uh, as it says in the Psalms, we're called to be still and know that he is God. Most of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with the story of um, Jesus Christ. Staying at the home of Martha and Mary and Martha was so busy cooking dinner, fussing about all the things that needed doing that she was distracted, upset, all the preparations that had to be made. She was so busy she hadn't got time to do the one important thing, to just stop, to be still, to listen to what Jesus had to say. And it's very easy for all of us to do the same. I know uh, the other night I'd got so much to do. I was trying to cook a meal. I was trying. To, Joe, was, Joe was at work. I was. I'd got to make preparations for work the next day. I would just got so much to do, and I was rushing around like a headless chicken. God says, "Be still and know that I'm God," because seeking the kingdom of God is primarily about relationship. And you know, this is something that I learned um, a lot of years ago now when I had a very busy work situation. I stumbled across, I was using the Living Bible at the time, and I stumbled across this verse. And it only translates like, or oh, is only um, said like this in the Living Bible Reverence for God adds hours to the day. Most of other um, translations say something like reverence for God adds to life or something but adds hours to the day and when you get that bit right the rest falls into place and you find that the day is longer than you thought it was and you can fit things in. If you've ever been involved in managing staff or involved in counselling you'll almost certainly have come across Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. It's a uh, i see a few smiles, a few people few people are familiar with it. Um, Abraham Maslow was a I don't know, he, he was a chap who came up with this structure of explaining our needs and priorities in life. Uh, and it starts at the bottom here with our physiological needs of for, for survival. We need air, we need water, we need food, we need shelter, and so on. And then it moves up from there. Once those needs have been met, we can move on to the more important or the higher needs of our safety and our security, health, prosperity, uh, property, through love and belonging, as intimacy, family, to having to self-esteem, strength, recognition, uh, recognition, and so on. And eventually, we can come to the point of self actualization where we can become what we think we're supposed to be, that we can be fulfilled since the purpose of life. But it involves effort and it involves working upwards. Now God, I can tell you, doesn't have a hierarchy of needs because God has no needs. He needs for nothing. But he has given us a list of priorities not for him but for us Um, and it looks very different to this list in fact it's almost the complete opposite of it and we can find God's priorities set out interestingly in the order of the stanzas, the the, the sentences In, in the Lord's prayer our father in heaven it starts the first thing, and the foremost thing, is that we are created for relationship with God, our Father. So the first priority is relationship. It's belonging. But it's also, high up there is, may your name be kept holy, or hallowed be your name. It's recognising who God is, what he is. Recognising that he's God and we're not. And our natural response to that is worship. You know, worship, we actually have a need to worship. God doesn't need our worship, but we have a need to worship. It's for our benefit. We are the better for it. It's what we are created for. So self actualization actually, is a very basic need. But it's not self actualization It's not something we achieve from ourselves. It comes about when we're in right relationship with God. We worship Him when we spend time with Him, and then come the other priorities: the Kingdom of God. The ki- initially, it's about relationship; it's about the Kingdom of God within us, because that's what it is—it's God's Kingdom established in us. And then we move from that to the outward working of the Kingdom in the world around us. So that comes a bit further down, and that leads on to His will being done, the Kingdom realised, actualized. It's only after all that that we get on to our physical needs. Give us today our daily bread. Yes, we need that to survive. But it's not number one on God's list of priorities. And then moves on down through the other things. And freedom, self-esteem, security all come in these last few stanzas. That's the way God orders it. When we get the right priorities, life is simpler. We see this prioritization modelled for us in the life of the early church. Up here, Acts two forty two, we're told that this was the whole church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They got their priorities right. Quite like this cartoon I found as I was poking about on the internet, you know. A sheep with his headphones on reading a, a book with a radio, or and wonders why he can't hit the television on, wonders why he can't hear the voice of the shepherd. And it's very easy, isn't it, for all these things to crowd in. We let them. We need to prioritize kingdom values, devote ourselves to those things. If we don't, life will quickly spiral downwards. Jesus said, This is eternal life. This is what life's about. To know God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And we know him, not by watching TV or whatever, we, we know him by reading the Bible, by spending time with him in prayer, fellowshipping and encouraging one another. Ooh, the slide missing. Oh no, it's gone there. I must have reordered them. I oh, know, that's right. So many times... Bible encourages us to seek God's face, to study and learn from scripture, to, to grow in our spiritual maturity. Whether we actually do so or not primarily depends on our desire, whether we're hungry for God, thirsting for more of him. And if you are hungry and thirsty for him, what are you doing about making it happen? Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Come is a verb, it's an active word. It doesn't come to us, we have to come to Jesus. The organisation Youth with a Mission, our daughter Mary was with them for many years, um, working all around the world. And YWAM, as it's generally known, has a very, very simple mission statement. To know God and to make him known. Got the priorities right again there. starts with relationship, knowing God and making him known. Perfectly sums up for us what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And it's both a corporate thing and an individual, personal thing. Last time I preached here, I, I spoke about the fourfold ministry of church leadership and the role of the leaders the spiritual leaders, in building up the church body, preparing the members of the church for works of service in the kingdom. But these verses from Ephesians make it clear that every one of us has a part to play in that process of building the church up, encouraging spiritual growth and maturity. So says, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Growth and maturity in the church and in our and in individuals is everyone's responsibility. We all have a part to play. The grass is greener where you water it. My foot is also greener. (laughs) Those of you who are on Facebook will have seen that uh, I was busy uh, doing some DIY the other day, and thought, "What's this funny cold, wet sensation in my f- up my ankle?" And I realised I'd actually trodden in a five-litre bucket of green paint. So my foot is greener, but the grass is greener when you water it. Uh, what does that mean? And what is the releva- relevance? Well, if we're going to grow, if we're going to prioritise the kingdom of God, we have to create a climate of growth culture of growth. Uh, As it says in uh, Job, can papyrus grow tall where there's no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? These things don't don't grow unless the conditions are right. And we don't grow unless we make the conditions right. Uh, If we have no aim to grow, if we do nothing about it, we don't grow. It's very, very simple, really. So, as a church, we have to do something to create a climate for growth, for people to grow in the kingdom. And uh, that's why there was, among the notices, there's a meeting going to happen in Purity's House in the beginning of March, uh, looking at growing and knowing Christ better. Um, the churches together will be holding a series of courses for Lent. I haven't got the details yet. It, uh, we, we've, there's been one or two topics talked about, but watch this space. I'm sure they'll be coming up on the notices. And then. After Easter, once those courses are out of the way, uh, we'll be looking as a church to have an ongoing midweek group. I don't know how often it will happen, whether it be once a week, once a fortnight, whatever. But there'll be something, uh, an opportunity for everyone to learn to grow together, to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship and the breaking of bread. I don't know whether we'll do communion in it, but there'll be lots of opportunity to grow. Um, that's still, I know, in the melting pot as to details, but uh, there's a leaders' meeting happening this week. Pray for them that they can make the right decisions and move us forward. But it comes down, as I said, to priorities what we treasure, what we prioritize, what we consider important. God wants to give us so much more of Himself than we have experienced up to now. He wants us to know him deeper. He wants us to go further with him. And he wants his kingdom to go further in the world. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We know that this world needs what we've got. But God is very gracious. He won't force himself upon us. He wants to give us so much more, but it's down to whether we want to receive and accept if we're willing he says I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door if anyone will open the door I will come in and eat with him and he with me down to our desire to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness but when we do the promise is that everything else will be added to us as well it's that simple really isn't it are we willing Let's pray. Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Everything we have comes from you. Everything we need comes from you. When we open ourselves up to you, help us to seek first your kingdom, to put those priorities in the right order, to not worry about the day-to-day decisions in life, but to put everything in your hand trusting ourselves to your will, to your provision, to your protection. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.